tired. So tired. Overtired. You're listening to Overtired. I'm Christina Warren, and I'm joined, as always, by Brett Terpstra. What's up, Brett? Uh, not much. How's it going? Uh, not much. What's been keeping you uh, awake these days? Well, it's been like a month since we've been on, right? It's been like a month. We've, it's been a while since we've recorded. Yeah. So m- more than I could possibly remember. Right. I did. Did we talk about the results of my ADHD testing last time? Oh, we did not. I mean, I'm assuming that it came back that you're ADHD. Oh, it turns out I am. Um, <laughs> Shocker. What, really? Yeah, ADHD inattentive. And um, I have a letter from the psychologist in charge of the testing saying I should be treated, but I've been sitting on it because things have gone so poorly and I've been rejected for treatment so many times that I'm like <laughs> avoiding dealing with the roller coaster of getting my hopes up again. No, totally, totally. So this is this is all in your continued bid to get the amphetamines that you so desperately need to yes. concentrate. Yeah, okay. It is. And I don't know, the Stratera has changed so many things about my personality for the better, but it's not helping me work. Gotcha. So so it's helping so many other parts of what's happening, but you still need like a Vyvanse or, or yeah. some sort of kicker. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. We'll see. I'll I'll go back to my medical doctor since I burned up all the local psychiatric professionals and I'm weightlisted indefinitely everywhere else. Um, but yeah. well, in the I mean, meantime, in the meantime, exercise has been helping me a lot. And it, like this. I um, like I had been walking to clear my head, but I learned from a forest yoga class, actually, not from the class, but after the class realized that if I really break a sweat, if I get like a full 30 to 60 minutes of intense exercise, then my brain works for a couple hours. It's kind of, it's kind of cool. It's kind of really powerful. Yoga is really powerful. I, I don't do it, but I should. It's one of those things that I think that I need to just like find time, like in my day, like to either get up early and like find a class to go to or, well, Leave if your earlier. brain stops working and you just can't work anymore, you have time then. That's true. That's true. <laughs> I, but but, but I, I just I know that like it's been one of those like important things to like do um, for both mental health and physical health and stuff is, is, so is yoga. Here's what I've learned being very new to yoga myself. Okay. Um, I started doing vinyasa flow, which is it's a pretty mellow. I mean, there's a lot of strength involved, but it's not a huge like sweaty workout. Um, And then after a while of doing that, I started also attending a forest yoga class. And so it's F-O-R-R-E-S-T. And I don't know the whole history of the name, but it's the most like athletic form of yoga. And it has been, it's intense. And they, the classes go between 60 and 75 minutes. And I had to buy a, like towel that covers my mat because I sweat so much and there's like upside down shit on the wall and warrior three poses and it gets crazy. And then I went to an eight fifteen in the morning one. I've never exercised before noon, but the, when I realized that the exercise was fixing my brain, right? It stopped making sense to go to yoga at 5 PM. Right. So yeah, that's uh, it's working really well for me. I do recommend it. it's not it's not like 
going out for a jog where you have to really set yourself up and go through like lung pain and everything or deal with, you know, people on the street or dogs on trails, things like that. It's, you know, it's a class and the class environment helps me a lot too. Um, just like not wanting to look like an idiot in front of people keeps me going, makes me try new things. <laughs> oh, I'm glad that you're trying new things. Um, <laughs> I, that makes me very happy. Sorry, I just got distracted about our ADD and ADHD and uh, uh, yoga talk because I was checking my Twitter and, and seeing all kinds of responses. I live tweeted Bring It On before our show. Bring It On, the movie? The movie Bring It On, yes. It's it's on Netflix. And uh, I used TweetBot's new um, collections feature. Yeah, yeah. And, or, look into that. Or, which is awesome. It basically lets you tweet storm and, and, and live tweeted um, bring it on. And, 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 and Paul Hattard, you know, developer of, yeah. of Sweetbot, he responded, Oh my God, what have I done? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think that adding a feature that encourages tweet storming may be counterproductive in the grand scheme of things, but it does sound like a way better version of tweet storming. Well, well the, the brilliant part of it is it basically just makes it easy to, to, to chain your tweets. So in the official client or the unofficial one, it'll all be linked together. So you see my tweet. I'm going to live, live tweet, bring it on. And then you see like 95 replies. And that's <laughs> how many tweets I did. Apparently, When you say actually. official client, you mean the tweet bot client, not or the... Or actually even even in, in twi really? Twitter or for iOS. Yeah, because of how, how the, the chaining system works. Nice. It'll show all the replies. So you wind up not blowing... I mean, you blow people's feeds, but not as much. <laughs> um, and, and, and they're all linked together. Apparently, the, the impetus for, for making it a feature, and I'm sure plenty of people have done it, but, but Paul told me, and, and who knows if this is accurate or not, he said that one of the... Um, things that like led them to create that was when I was live tweeting the congressional hearing um, about the Apple FBI case. Yeah. Um, and that was like a three, it was like a three hour plus hearing. And I live tweeted the whole thing and, you know, had to, somebody actually went through the hassle of creating a storify of all of my tweets, you know, and I had like hundreds of them and, <laughs> um, you know, putting them together. And like, if I'd had that, it would have been much easier, but yeah. So Anyway, that was my ADD distracting me from, from you talking about yoga. But now I want to go do yoga so that I can maybe get my mental health <laughs> more in shape. Um, also, watching Bring It On makes me just want to get more in shape generally. So the yoga would help with that. Yeah, it would. I've lost um, I think just over 20 pounds now. I've gone down two, two inches on my waist size. All of a sudden, all my old clothes are starting to fit again, so I have a whole new wardrobe. That's exciting. I can That's dress exciting. like a grown-up now. That's good. Yeah. And my, my muscle mass is improving, and my face has changed size. Yeah, the, the physical side is really great. Uh, <laughs> speaking of fat. Yeah. Did you follow the George Zimmerman gun auction? No. He he decided to auction off the gun that he used to used shoot to kill, Trayvon. To, oh my god! And um, it, it got hijacked by internet trolls. Of course. And, and racist McShoot face <laughs> <laughs> drove the bidding up to I think over seventy million by the end. And then yeah, it, it says his bids in, in George Zimmerman gun auction up sixty five million. Yeah, it's insane. <laughs> um, yeah. I like the uh, like the. 
so the Bodie McBoat face, is that what it was? When, uh, I think it was the UK, let the public decide on the name for the new ship. Did you see yeah. that? Yeah, I did. <laughs> what What they didn't report on the news was that the actual like most voted for name and I'm going to say it and it, it's a little less offensive in the UK, but the actual actual top vote was Cunty McCuntface. <laughs> but they don't say that on the news. So Bodie no, McBoatface. Bodie McBoatface. Well and that's the thing, that is such a European not European, <laughs> but but really English specific. You know, the C word is so yes. popular there. Yes. It is not a word that is that, that is it has a very different meaning here, especially amongst women. I personally am a fan of using it any way a woman wants to use it. I'm slightly less comfortable with men using it just because it sometimes makes me uncomfortable, but I but it's such a Britishism that I that I, I frankly like relish. Yeah. That. Like yeah. every other girlfriend I've had in my life almost almost perfectly every other has actually preferred that to other words for their genitals when in the bedroom. In public, it's never been okay for me to say, and it's kind of been erased from my lexicon at this point. But, um, but there is—I don't know—there's something. It's kind of like the difference. Can we? Uh, maybe I shouldn't go here, but um, I think there are places that some people accept it and prefer it to be used. Yeah. But that's usually in closed quarters. So. Yeah. No. Totally. I mean, it, or it, sexting. It becomes- or sex name, yeah. No, it becomes, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it just it does become one of those like interesting, just kind of like different. It's it's a weird word. It, it has, it's it's regional. It, it can be, you know, like where you use it is okay. I always enjoyed um, the Arrested Development references to the c word, and then you know, uh, the fact that Louis that that, that uh, Lucille thought it referred to her, and 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 <laughs> fact they named the uh, you know. The boat, the C word, yep. you know, the SEA. There's, there, there, there's so many um, great, great jokes about that and in, in, in that um, show uh, around that word. And what makes that great is that, especially when that show aired, you know, it's on a network show, and most people watching it are not going to really put two and two together. That that's, yeah. you know, what I mean, you got to like take a, you got to take a beat and realize, oh, that, but, yeah. Uh, but, but but I do love that it won won the boat. Name. Well, it was a it was a. I think in the end, Bodie McBoatface did win, probably due to manipulation. But then they chose not to let the public name it after all. <laughs> I was going to ask. That was going to be my follow up question. I was going to was going to say, did they wind up, you know, letting the public do that? Because usually, what happens? I mean, this this is just yet another example of why you shouldn't let the public vote for things because Fortune or other people on the internet will get involved and you know, um, vote for, for a, a, a creeper guy on, on 4chan to, to win a, a phone call with Taylor Swift. And then Taylor Swift's people have to be like, you know what, actually, <laughs> we're not going to do this. So we changed our mind, as you may have read in the terms of service contract, we're allowed to right. do. <laughs> exactly. We changed our mind because we realized that people are terrible, which frankly, you know, I, I, I get like the rationale when you have those sorts of contests, you think that people will be good and like, why would you think fun. that? Well, like you're who, not who, who I, I, is there no one in like the planning committee for any of these things not. that's like, have you ever been on the Internet? Oh, clearly not. <laughs> clearly not. That, that's that, that that's that's actually a very big part of it is that they um, 
are not aware. And then, and then usually what I'm sure happens is there might be like one person, probably an intern, you know, someone, someone young, someone who, who is kind of an internet asshole who realizes, Oh, I, I see how this could go very poorly. And they're just like, you know, flopped off. Oh no, no, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. And then, you know, Bodie McBoatface wins and you're like, yeah, you know what? No. Yeah. Um, although I would have loved, I mean, Bodie McBoatface is a pretty great boat name. I think but it is. It's I, it's it's fun and lighthearted so. and <laughs> and probably an awful name for a Royal Fleet ship, but yeah, but 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 uh, it, I mean, I also like racist McShoot face. Um, that one was awesome. That's awesome. I'm reading about this now. An auction listing for the guns George Norman used to kill Florida teenager Trayvon Martin has been removed online after a slew of apparently bogus bids. Apparently bogus. Thanks, th- th- thanks, NBCNews.com for for making apparently bogus. <laughs> thanks, thanks for making it clear that that the the, the sixty five million dollar bid from racist McShoot face <laughs> was bogus. <laughs> That's that's hard hitting journalism right there. In I wonder if they had two sources to back that up. Um, I think that's probably why they had to say apparently. <laughs> I'm not even joking. Working in we news, couldn't validate that. Where people are are that pedantic about that sort of shit, and this is the place where I go. Yeah, you know what? You can just say this is bogus. Yeah. You can just say that these are not real. That, that someone named racist McShoot face did not actually, you know, um, bid sixty five million dollars. But not only that, it's like, how do you have auctions like that where you don't have people valid i mean it's so easy to to force people like in christie's and other auctioneers online things do that where like you have to have a retainer set up so that you can't you know what i mean like you could still have fake bids but it'd be a lot harder because you got to put up some cash yeah you got to buy into it right so it's like why with something like this why not do that united (laughs) gun group clearly Uh, clearly also hasn't been on the internet before uh clearly not also not that I want to turn this into a political show because it's not, but how many times can George Zimmerman just auction stuff off on the internet for money? Like the internet is basically racist people on the internet have basically paid for that man to continue to get fatter for the last however many years he's, he's been in the news. It's pretty terrible. Yeah. I mean, really how, how many times can Trump say bombastic bullshit and the internet, the, the internet and the American public love that stuff. They'll support it. Oh, totally, totally. There's, there's the fringe there, um, and and hopefully not any of our listeners, and probably not any of our listeners after what we've just said. Um, I think at this point, anyone who vehemently disagrees with us has probably stopped listening. Like I thirty episodes ago. Like thirty episodes ago, I think so. We this, this is this is episode sixty, and I think that uh, yeah, you're right. Probably thirty episodes ago, that was when we stopped caring about offend about whether or not we were going to. Uh, yeah, well, and now we have more regular sponsors, and I think I think we'll be all right with that. I think we'll be okay with that. I mean, the thing is, I think in general we're we're pretty good. We're pretty solid with uh, uh, trying to keep the stuff that we don't talk about out. But sometimes, <laughs> you know, I'm I'm sure that if you sponsor our show, this is what you're getting. Please yeah. sponsor our show. By the way, sponsorships are open. Uh, we're we're always willing to uh to take your money assuming it's a product we like and enjoy and i have um, bundle deals available okay. you can bundle in uh overtired sponsorships with uh blog and systematic sponsorships and get really Amazing. good package deals so so so, so contact brett at brettcherpster.com for more information on that yeah um i think this is our diamond episode then right that's the yeah. 60th anniversary it is gift 
So, so 60th anniversary extravaganza. And speaking of extravaganza, let's talk about the Instagram icon. Oh, my God. Did you <laughs> see there was a GIF meme that had uh, like a kid using MS Paint and like, yes. behind the scenes, <laughs> the design of the Instagram logo. And their video, <laughs> the promo video they put out for this new icon. Yeah. Was they showed themselves literally throwing away a hundred good icons. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> it's a travesty. I, I when I first like at first I was amazed that a single icon change got so much news. All the big blogs I read were like, "Oh, new yeah. Instagram," but none of them offered opinions. There, so I was like, Wait, "They've changed their icon like straight out of the press release for it." Yeah. Well, the, well, that's totally what happened is there was an embargoed release before the blog post. And <laughs> and then what happens is reactions come in. So at least like for what we, we did at Mashables, we had a, um, you know, post about the new look. And then we immediately kind of updated that post with some reactions and then had separate reaction posts. And then did you post other people's reactions. We not did. Your own? It, it, well, Ray, that's a very Donald Trump thing to do. It, well, Ray ended up writing a thing, a Ray Rants column, which is a new thing he's doing where he just rants about everything because he hates everything <laughs> and talked about how much he hates the icon and, and the black and white design. I actually really like the black and white design. Um, I The icon is, is a different story. Yeah, I have no problem with the, the interface, but the icon is so atrocious. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it on, on, on Mashable's official tech podcast, Mash Talk, with a, one of our, our designers, um, one of our design directors, and, and kind of it was interesting to kind of get his take on it. And of course, you know, everybody has an opinion about these things. My personal opinion is that I prefer the, the icon they use on Twitter, which is the same icon they use for the other app. So it's the white background, and then the, the glyph they use for the camera has that gradient. Yeah. Um, I actually prefer that. I think that's still pretty basic and not maybe my favorite ever, but I prefer that to the actual new Instagram icon. Um, and I do have to say too, like it, it's just, it's, it's, it's telling that like the person who designed the icon is also somebody who worked on iOS seven because it is such an iOS seven stock icon. <laughs> it is the, the curves of it. The, the overall form factor of it is not up to date. Right. It, it's frustratingly like overcurved and the edges yep. are overcurved and everything totally. about it is the wrong line thickness, but it's the gradient that kills me. They it's could the have pulled that off. But. They, exactly. Because I, I, I don't mind the glyph. I mean, you're, I'm, I'm with you and that the curves are, are, are too curvaceous. Like they, 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 they should have come in a little bit more. Um, but 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 I I don't actually mind the glyph, and I actually feel like it is distinctive enough, especially when you see it isolated, to see you know the the the, the lens and the flash, and and the square you know curved you know the squircle, um, it, that does look like Instagram. I mean, for better or worse, that has become like the defin the, the defining kind of quality of Instagram. Like that totally works for me. But it's the gradient, especially the idea that they feel like oh well, we took the rainbow, which was so distinctive, and just made a gradient out of it, and it's like, <laughs> but your gradient is terrible. And they're like, well, we'll put all the colors. It's like, uh, it's like fish, the band. It completely. Like you can, yeah, you know, cover a huge spectrum of music, but when you mix it all together, it right. can be revolting. But that's like a personal band. opinion. I'm sorry. Uh, I, I agree with that opinion. And now we have fish, we have pissed off the fish heads, but you know what? You can still love us. We still love you, but I agree with you. I cannot deal with fish. <laughs> well, um, it's the smell that gets to me. 
<laughs> oh yeah the, 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 i have to say have you ever been to a fish concert i have been in the proximity of a fish concert yeah you can smell them for miles you, you really can you really can but yeah no i mean this icon the gradient is what kills me too and like i feel like have a solid color or there were even some people who did some, you know, alterations that showed like maybe having the top of it, you know, still there, but it, which makes it somewhat better. But for me, it really is just all about the gradient. The gradient is just terrible. There are no multiple hue gradient icons that I can think of that actually work. Not these days. Not these days. You and, can and have I'll, you can have a light to dark shaded yep. gradient, but right. to go multiple hues and <laughs> mix like that, it's seriously it's MS Paint. Like it's it exa- totally exactly well, what it, I would it, have made it, as a it, kid. It, well, it's MS Paint, and then it's also like the weird iTunes icon, which is not excellent. But, but it's iTunes better than that. It's at least palatable. It's, it's at least palatable, and at least with iTunes, they sectioned it off into areas mm-hmm. better. Like it doesn't. Yeah, I'm just I'm staring <laughs> at it now, and I just it's not. I've tried to stare at it, but what it makes me want to do is not stare at it, or look well, at it at all. Well, that becomes the interesting thing too, is that. You've gone from having this very distinctive app on your on your home screen to having this app that kind of looks like everything else, but also kind of looks out of place. And I don't think this is going to impact their usability on the app in the slightest. I mean, the app is the app. Yeah. But I do feel like, you know, and I get it. They needed to change the icon. You know, they were the last Qmorphic icon, I think, in existence for an updated app. I genuinely think they were, like, the last one. And and, and I get it, you know, losing the leather losing you yeah, know but you could have just gone flat material design with i agree what they had i which was what the in the video that's some of the original i know which was really <laughs> good which was really good but it's um yeah yeah it, it's uh i mean it is what it is you're it's right i don't think they're gonna lose any users because of it but it's definitely a talking point this week maybe oh, it was a joke Maybe they're going to be like, <laughs> just kidding. No, <laughs> no, that's that that would that's not the case in the slightest. Because Why can't you zoom Instagram photos? Um, I think that's just always been kind of a, a, a thing with them. They, they do let you crop if you bring in a photo of your no, own. No, I mean, yeah, if you're like looking through the stream, though. Right. There are oh, times yeah. that it's just even on my 6S Plus, I, oh, there are oh. details I want to see. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And it, it's annoying, especially since they're uploading them so much higher quality than often they're taken. You know what I mean? Like they're, they're, they're uploading. I think that the size is now like 5,000 by 5,000 pixels or something. So you should be able to tap in and zoom more, but you can't. I, wish, I mean, I wish Flickr's update had caught on more when they yeah. came up with all the social features. I really like Flickr, but it just does not have the critical mass that Instagram does. Instagram is hugely popular, especially for celebrities. Yeah, no, it is. I mean, in, in Instagram, uh, it's it's social network now as much as, as it is a photo sharing network, and it's where, especially celebrities, but even other places, you know, other people like use it to share news. I mean, mm-hmm. it, yeah, it's, it's a legitimate a, news source. People people who have a lot of followers on Twitter usually have like three times as many on Instagram. Oh, totally, totally, Crazy. and 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 then they use it all the time. I mean, you know, I mean, like Selena Gomez is the most followed person on Instagram, and she has like seventy eight million followers or something like that, and. And I'm going to check on Twitter. She probably has, I, I don't know, maybe 40 million. Let's see. Um, $42.5 million. So yeah. she's got almost twice the number of followers on Instagram as she does on Twitter. Um, and probably way more engagement. Um, 
So yeah, because she gets sometimes she'll get you know like thirteen thousand retweets, twenty five thousand likes, which is which is great. Uh, but she'll get like a million likes on Instagram. Yeah. Um, um you know who the best celebrity is to follow on both Facebook and Instagram? Ricky Taylor Gervais. Swift. Ricky Gervais. It, He's good. Yeah. He has been using his, the new Facebook Live feature. Yeah. Where you can broadcast live video almost entirely for just putting his cat on screen. And I which love is, it. Which is exactly what you want. I mean, <laughs> I, I, well, honestly, I was going to say, look, Facebook, uh, but not Facebook, Taylor Swift, she doesn't do Facebook because she does not have to do Facebook. <laughs> right. But she does, um, you know, lots of her cats on, on Instagram. Yes. And, and for a long time, she was the most followed person on Instagram. And then her best friend, Selena Gomez, took her spot. But but for a while, I, she and she's credited, and, and I'm sure jokingly, but I think this is actually the God's honest truth, that she was like, well, it's because I put photos of my cats. It's like, well, yeah, that's <laughs> honestly probably why you're so popular on, on I, Instagram. I thought I would – I was posting so many pictures of pets, I thought I would lose followers because people always complain about how the internet is just cats these days. People love it. They do. Everyone wants to see everyone else's pets. It's like um, – uh, I don't know, like showing off your house without actually showing off like your own possessions. You're showing off the things totally. you, you care for and care about. People connect to it. No, they do. They definitely do. Um, I don't have any pets, so I can't share them, which means my Snapchat is infinitely less interesting than like my friends who have animals because their Snapchats are way more interesting because they have pets. It's a weird thing where are, I kind of like. Why are animals so much more popular than kids, though? Well, I think kids, it's a weird thing because either they have personality or they don't. And animals, Oh, and you can't anthropomorphize them. You can't. <laughs> well, you can, but it's well, you can, weirder. Well, you can, but it's creepy. Also, I mean, some kids, frankly, are cuter than others. And, like, some kids are bratty and some kids are not. And But even know. an ugly pet is still adorably ugly. Exactly. Precisely. Whereas <laughs> an ugly child is just an ugly child. An ugly child brings to mind all those um, questions you have about maybe we should have like a genetic engineering program completely completely and also there are plenty of people who like like you and i who aren't big fans of children but enjoy animals right well and maybe maybe that's why i think animals are more popular because i've just like narrowed my followers down to people people who care more about animals than oh, kids totally. but i would say this <laughs> a lot of my friends are now having kids and some of their kids are adorable and 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 I don't mind seeing them in my feed, but if I'm being brutally honest, like I would much rather see pets. And uh, also I think it gets a weird thing with kids too, where if you show off too much of them, it feels creepy. Yeah. You know, like you're intruding in their lives because well, we all know. It kills me when people around. use their kids as their avatars. Yeah. Stop oh, doing that. that. Stop doing that. You're, you are not your child. Or your spouse. Yeah. Your avatar should be you. I, I can live with a pet actually. I can live with a pet, I guess. E even then, even then, I would actually prefer you just create a social media account for your pet. Done. And have a photo of you and your pet in in the photo together, but like, don't make just your pet your avatar. Yeah, no, I I made so, Emma her own account for that. Right. Everyone, Although, go follow it. It's so sad, Emma, on Twitter. My uh, my friend Alex, his mom is on Twitter, and his mom, a she's the best, and b her um avatar is her her twitter handle and her avatar are related to her dog and her her account is something like i love scout something something and and then the photo is um the dog scout that i actually appreciate yeah I can his, mom's, that. In, 
his mom is also a treasure. And every time Alex is mentioned, on, like Alex tweets a lot. Like he tweets more than you and I. And I can tweet a ton clearly. And, and, <laughs> and, and But Alex tweets more than me. And so the fact that his mom reads all of his tweets and also I think reads all of the time anybody mentions him in any tweet, it's kind of amazing. It's, it's, it's adorable. I got props from Merlin Mann the other day uh, for my attempts at comedy on Twitter. He said, you're on fire lately. And that's, I can retire now. I'm good. That was after, I think it was after my, um, my new slogan for Phoenix University. Which is? um, Phoenix, because your alma doesn't matter. (laughs) I'm sending it to them. We'll see what they do with it. But yeah, Ricky, yeah. Ricky Gervais, uh, his Instagram avatar is his Siamese cat with him behind it. So we'll see if that works yeah. because he's still in it, and he's and his cat it. is very prominent in his feed anyway. So right, which so, makes sense because you know what you're getting. But I think unless that's the case, and and look, he's also Ricky Gervais, and <laughs> if you're following him, you know who he is. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, and, and you probably experience his brand of humor and totally understand why he thinks his cat is funnier than anything he has to say. Completely, even though that's not true. No. It's amazing. <laughs> but the fact that he thinks that is also funny the fact as he hell. Thinks that it's amazing. Um, well, so I'm, all I'm these. I'm jealous that you have a Merlin follow because Merlin only, he'll sometimes retweet me or favorite things I'm in, but he does not follow me. I'm assuming it's because I tweet too often about things that <laughs> do not interest him, which is totally fair and fine. I'm not at all like. Do, I, I'm not saying Merlin needs to follow me on Twitter. It would be nice, but I don't care. But 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 like I think that it's great that not only does he follow you, but he like cares enough oh like i he, like, he shows up in like favorites on some of my best tweets regularly and yeah it's um it's validating in the way that be. only the internet can be only the internet can be i mean for me that i guess my moment with that would be uh spencer pratt from uh the hills fame frequently favorites and replies to my tweets nice yeah that that, so, that, that, that makes me feel really good all these kids in my feed pr- prompted me to make an appointment and on Monday, I'm going uh, in for voluntary sterilization. Nice. So um, is that a vasectomy or is yes, it different? Vasectomy. vasectomy. Um, I'm just calling it voluntary sterilization because I think more people should yeah. uh, kind of adopt the term. Get rid of the stigma around vasectomy. I yeah, just totally. I enjoyed the interviewer. The doctor said, so hmm. how many kids do you have? None. So why are you getting a vasectomy? Because uh, I really want to keep that number where it is. <laughs> He said, okay, fair enough. And then it turned out that my insurance deductible had already been met for the year, so I can get the full sedation operating room procedure for the same cost as the in-office SNP. Nice. So I get to go under on Monday at 6.30 in the morning and uh, and remove any chance that I will ever procreate. I am voluntarily removing my very flawed genes from the... <laughs> the overall gene pool. I love it. I love it. And I love that you're doing it voluntarily and not making your wife do it because the thing is, this is a much bigger pain in the ass for us. Well, that's the other us. half of it is my wife's been on birth control since she was a teenager. Right. And like the more I read about all of the side effects of the pill, like the hormonal effects. Yep. I feel like I, she deserves life without the pill just to see. You know, if if a lot of the issues she's had with, like, depression and all the various gland issues and everything, um, not that I've gone into intensive detail about my wife on this show, but um, to see if just going off the pill makes a huge difference, which I'm told it can. So 
was like, I don't want kids anyway. Why not just remove the need for the pill? Totally. No, I, I respect that you're doing that. And uh, um, I'm also excited that you get to go under and, 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 and get the benefits of the drugs that way rather than having to have an amine agent or whatever the in-office thing is, yeah, which that, I'm sure is more painful. When the doctor explained it to me, he's like, well, it's a lot less expensive and it's not too bad. But if you can imagine being kicked in the balls really hard twice... Even with the even with the anesthetic, you're still going to feel that all the way through your gut, and you're not familiar with the feeling of having a crush, a uh, testicle crushed. It no. is nauseating. It's it's pretty horrible. That's why self defense teaches <laughs> teaches you that is the first first place to punch. Right, because it, it, you you crumple up in pain. That makes well, sense. yeah, it's like a gut punch times three. Makes sense to me. Yeah, so I'm I figured I I'd avoid that. Although yeah. my parts are much more problematic and annoying <laughs> to deal with, like they really are. So, <laughs> frankly, maybe like the pain would be worth it compared to all the other things that come with being a woman. I I agree. I agree. I am often grateful that most of my plumbing is external and easy to handle and easy to diagnose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ours is not, and 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 that's uh, yeah. So, uh. What's up with like keyboards? Every freaking company is coming up with like a, an iOS keyboard. Right. Like it's resurgence of them. It's it's like Microsoft had one a couple weeks ago. And now now there's the new Gboard. Jiffy has a so keyboard. keyboards are the new you, services on OS ten. You remember services before share sheets and everything. Of course. Um, the keyboards are kind of that's what they're doing, and yeah. no one because everything is so proprietary between these companies, they can't share like Gboard right. for example can't tap into text expander and one password so you needed like different keyboards for every company and ios is doing so much sandboxing of these keyboards that they end up being really great ideas but flawed in practice and yeah and i would say not just flawed in practice but i mean for me even as you can have a fantastic third-party keyboard but the fact of the matter is that switching between keyboards and ios oh is still God. a nightmare it's yes. the worst. You accidentally invoke one, then you've got to cycle through all right. the ones you have installed. And it's some really keyboards annoying. actually, I don't think they can access the list of keyboards. So when you're on the right. default keyboard, you can press and hold on the little exactly. world icon and exactly. pick a keyboard. But, but no, that's only on that one. The others can't, which right. is frustrating. It is. I mean, part of it is, is that the keyboards are actually like apps themselves. I feel so. like when it was designed, Apple figured, well, no one's going to install more than one extra keyboard. Right, I agree. But, but then suddenly there were reasons because of all the proprietary features. Of all the proprietary features, and I have also, like eight keyboards. Right, and then also, yeah, and then and then you know it it, it hurts too that you've got a the, the same switching thing is to get to emoji as it is to get to a keyboard, which like, is frankly, where Gboard excels. I agree. Okay, so Gboard from Google just came out, and I don't love it, but I do love that. I think I think it's pretty great. Okay. I don't like the keyboard itself. Like, I don't like how the text looks and the, how, like... Okay, basic. yeah, the font, they use yeah. Roboto instead of San Francisco, and that was, in my opinion, a mistake, Agreed. given the entire aesthetic of the, uh, the system they were uh, deploying on. But the swipe typing, I love. And the... You can combine predictive text with actual Google searches, which gives you, like, infinite infinitely expanding machine learning 
predictive text, way better than a built-in dictionary. And then to be able to flip to an internal emoji keyboard and search it, that has been driving me nuts. Yeah. Trying to find, I'm not a huge emoji user, uh, but there are times that they are absolutely appropriate. But finding the ones when I'm not, finding I haven't memorized ones, it. Exactly. Well, especially in, 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 like, I think a lot of us, at least I do, I mean, I use emoji all the time, but I use it frequently with Slack. And so Slack lets you kind of just type in the emoji. Right. Colon, know, colon, colon, happier. Right. And, and I have a text expander, you know, um, simple for that on, on the desktop. So it'll do it right. in apps, not like Slack, but you know, on mobile, it, it can be really difficult. Like I even like, we have to do these utility posts, you know, for work sometimes. And so I did like the best emoji keyboards. And like one of them was like basically an emoji search keyboard. So you can like search for the term you want. And so having that built in and also just not even making you go to a separate section, like to me, like what's so frustrating about iOS, not only just, you know, just to switch keyboards, I basically have to do the same thing as if I would open up an emoji and like, I should just be able to do the, um, you know, like there should just be a separate emoji button. Yeah. And then, like you said, you know, having the ability to search the emojis like for laugh, you know. And, or, okay. And then add to that in Gboard, add to that um, Jagif search. I'm just going to call it Jagif from now on so I can make everyone happy. It's a GIF. It's GIF, rather. It's GIF. I mean... It, I know. It, I actually... I, I threatened to put that in my profile. My profile was just going to be soft G. It's GIF. <laughs> so, 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 but yeah, having GIF search built in, that me. what's great about that is, frankly, I mean, I feel bad for Jiffy, but, like, it kind of puts... You know, you, you kind of don't need it. Yeah. Which, I honestly, I, I can live with anything that consolidates the number of keyboards I need. Totally. Uh, I, overall, I, I think it's great. And then uh, uh, John Gruber did a kind of quick analysis of the privacy agreement because your first concern when adding a Google keyboard would be, great, now they can right. see literally everything, everything, I, everything type. I type. Well, because that's the way it works in, in, in Chrome. Right. But At least Google, Google says apps. they will only send your searches when you intentionally search. Okay. And they will not send anything else to any server. And this is a decision, a design decision from the part from the start. Not something that Apple required. Google decided they're gonna <laughs> maybe try to backtrack on their horrible privacy policies. And yeah, no, which I think is great. I was actually not aware that that was how that worked. I assumed that everything you typed into the app would be sent to them because that's how it works with um, Swipe right. and with and with some of the other ones. And that's honestly why I don't use them. And, um, not, and not it that is. Not that I don't trust them because it's not a matter of that. It's a matter of I actually don't trust their servers. Right, but you don't trust Google, so. <laughs> No, I don't. But the thing is, is that I do know that every time I anything I type into a search prompt in Google and anything I type into like their apps, I know that all that stuff is captured. So I assumed that, that was the case. But if Google's only sending my searches and not anything else I type, like that actually makes me feel better about using the app. Yeah. Well, and that was I almost didn't even install it until I read that. Um, and that yeah, I, I installed that was a good it piece of just mind. to try it out. I, I, I installed it to try it out, and then I was like. Oh, okay. That's. Um, I feel very nervous every time I type anything totally, in this. I was like, I'm not going to really be using this, but but that's actually that's good to to know that that's uh, the case. Granted, though, their terms of service do allow them to change that privacy oh, policy at any time. 
Well, we can only hope that the the, the neckbeards on the internet will be keeping a closer eye yes. on this than we will, and will alert us if and when this changes. I imagine if that change happens, it will be big news across even the non-neckbeard iPhone related oh, blogs. Without a doubt, without a doubt, that would be huge news amongst those things if they change the policy where they're sending everything, because there's nothing that even the non-neckbeard press loves more than a X company is spying on you story. Yes. That is, that's, it's a good headline. It's a great headline. I mean, the number of times I've gone on TV to talk about your TV spying on you or your this or your that spying on you. And usually I have to go on to kind of like throw cold water on it and be like, actually, they're not really. And then sometimes like in cases of like the Vizio TVs, I'm like, yeah, you know what? They're straight up spying on you. They're straight up (laughs) everything you say. And we don't know how their servers are secured. They are straight up spying on you. This is exactly as bad as it well, sounds. And this is the other issue with iOS keyboards is they n- you can absolutely cannot access the microphone. Right. So dictation is not in the on the table at all. Right. Which is both an understandable security feature and uh, a debilitating I don't know fault in a lot of the iOS keyboards. I would love I mean Google's app on the iPhone where you can just tap and search uh, mm-hmm. by voice. And it's it, it's possibly it's smarter than Siri as far as recognizing what kind of information it should return. I would say at least as smart as, um, you know, like Alexa-style voice recognition. Mm-hmm. And that is, that's excellent. To yeah, have that in the keyboard would be wonderful as well. It would but... be. It would be. But unfortunately, if you want that, you're going to need to buy an Android device. Exactly. And, and Gboard isn't... I don't think Gboard's out for Android. Is it? It's not. I, I'm pretty sure it's isn't not. Isn't that weird? Um, yeah, it is weird. I mean, <laughs> I think that they could probably add that to the stock Android keyboard, though, pretty easily. Yeah. Because they do make the Google keyboard available for Android, but I don't think it has those features. So right. it'll be interesting to see when they add it. But I know you can do the search by voice stuff on, on Android and, and the regular keyboard. Yeah. So... But I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you in that it would be, it would be good, um, if, uh, if you had an option to maybe somehow take that in. But I also understand why Apple doesn't want to give them those, those rights. I mean, um, when I went to the security briefing thing a, a few weeks ago, they actually were talking about how keywords work, and, and you know, the idea is actually it is like a separate app that's actually being drawn on top of the app you're in. Right. So it's actually like an app within another app is how it's working, and, and, and they spend a lot of time thinking about the sandboxing stuff and, and, and how you could allow things to pass through because they didn't want, you know, stuff that you're typing in your notes, passwords, things like that to be potentially going to those places servers right you know? which is why there's no one password keyboard yet which would be right ideal well, but it would be great but i mean i think in a more perfect world you would be able to use share extensions or whatever within keyboards well yeah within keyboards i think that um because they'd still be sandboxed you know what i mean the keyboard wouldn't get access to it but you could pass through the information from that share thing keyboards can know? also only access text that's currently selected exactly which you know, like for a lot of what I was saying about OS ten services, you you just can't make use of a lot of key bindings and services the way that you would on your Mac. And that would be a feature I would really like and one that I'd be willing to have a, a preference setting allow, you know, full text access. But since we're talking about Apple, can we talk about the Hulu Apple TV update? Yes. So Hulu recently updated their Apple TV 
like G four Gen four. That's yep. what it is, right? Yes, yeah, the Gen four. Um, they're I just the, call app. It the app. The the Apple TV that everyone cares about. Now. <laughs> the old Apple TV is like they still sell it, but like no one cares. Deprecated. It's totally deprecated. So Hulu's update included a complete revamp of the watch list. Yeah. So things that you before would have added to favorites and then they would have kind of sporadically showed up in your watch list and showed like a new a new episode icon for like a day before it disappeared. They've right. revamped that to show you exactly how many unwatched episodes you have, which ones have brand new episodes and order them like their algorithm for ordering shows is so much smarter now. Uh, like there were times when like current shows with new episodes would be placed behind shows that were four years old and I was binge watching in yep. the list. And now like I can literally, I can finish watching a new episode, hit the menu button and the watch list will automatically select what it thinks I watch, want to watch next. And it's almost always right. I am super happy about this. Yeah, I am too. I am too. Because like you, I mean, like, because I've been using Hulu for so many years and like my watch list has kind of become insane. But like, I like knowing, I didn't like how it worked before. I And I, I like that it shows. It didn't work now. before. It, it really was, didn't. It was actually a be, disability before. Yeah, it would basically happen if you if you if you had a a, a big watch list, it was basically useless. So I didn't even use it. I would just search for shows I wanted to watch. Right, which is horrible. You should be able to curate a list of your favorite shows. And now you can also easily remove, because there are times when I'll try a show and hate it. Yeah. But then it's in my watch list. And now you can just go into the show and hit and remove. Be like, remove, get rid of it. Or like you'll, you if you added a show that is no longer on Hulu. Right. You know. Shows that like, never have new episodes and somehow still. And still are there. And not, list. not only they never have new episodes, but. And, and and they used to be that they're like I think ER is still technically in my watch list and that went off the air like five years ago. And <laughs> at least was at it least. on five years ago? I think oh, I don't know. I never watched it. I'm sorry. Uh, I never a, watched The Hills either. I don't know ER any of these an things. Amazing television show. No, ER aired until 2009, so 15 seasons. So okay, so who went off the air <laughs> eight years ago? <laughs> yeah. Um, that sounds more. okay. Okay, that sounds accurate. So it hasn't been on the air in eight years, which means the new episodes, which were the only ones that aired on Hulu, haven't been on in eight years, but it's still in my watch list. Um, part of me, though, doesn't ever want to remove it because I'm just hoping that, that Warner Brothers will like sign a deal with either <laughs> Netflix or Hulu and like bring it to streaming so that I don't have to rip off the DVDs. But if that happened, it would show up in the featured uh, like um, hero at the top. That's true. It would. Yeah. It would. It would be like the OC when that came to, to Hulu, and I was very excited. <laughs> Um, I know you that, have that had to happen because of Gotham, really. Totally. <laughs> to totally. see, uh, to see Ben McKenzie. Yeah. Yeah. To see, to see Brian Atwood, Ryan Atwood, um, you know, before he was, you know, Gordon. Um, he was oh. also on a show called Southland, which was good. I heard good things about that show. Never watched it. Show. I never it, watched it was... Deadwood and I never watched, there've been a few that I've heard great things about and never got into. Um, Gotham, though, have you been watching the season right now? I have not. It's good. Because I, I, I had mixed thoughts about the first season. Yeah. I liked a lot of it, but it felt like it was kind of uneven. I was glad they got rid of Jada because uh, <laughs> she was not I think she. Character. I think she decided to leave, but yeah, it was... Well, whatever. I liked her character. 
yeah, but yeah, I didn't miss her when she was gone. No, I mean, and I look, I think she's actually a, a fine actress, and I think she's very pretty. She just the character, it just it didn't work for me. Um, so yeah, the, I the Gotham's one of those shows. There've been like so many other things on. Like I think that's one I'll just like catch up on this summer. Yeah, wa- watch this season because Doctor Strange is finally like. They they did preludes to a lot of the major supervillains previously, but then they every one of them kind of trailed off, and now they're actually bringing them back as the supervillains and showing more origin story, and this season has been a blast. And it's so well shot. Like, from a technical perspective, that show is one of the, in my opinion, it's... There are certain shows on TV right now, including like Walking Dead and and Game of Thrones, that are basically like Godfather One of TV. Yeah, they are. They're mass consumable, but so well thought out and so well exactly. shot. Exactly. Right. And, right. You're dead on. That. That's and that's the perfect analogy. They are so mass market. They are so huge with everyone, but they are also so well done that you can't even hate the fact that everybody loves it because they're <laughs> right. And uh, and. I don't know, like film for a few years there, late 90s, early 2000s, films became like if it was artistic, people just automatically panned it. And a lot of really good films were relegated to art house showings. But we're getting back into real film now and TV shows are following suit. And I'm really I'm excited about that. Not that I don't know. Did you see Civil War? Uh, No, I haven't. I haven't either. I I don't know. I I isn't it like currently it's in a new record breaker for box yeah. office? Yeah, yeah, it totally is. And I and like I've I heard should really probably good see things. That. Yeah, I've me heard too. Really good things. Uh, you know, and, and like I, I love Iron Man. Um, so I'm totally <laughs> gonna be Team Iron Man in it. But like, no, I've heard really good things. I, here's my only thing. I'm almost like tired of superhero movies. Yeah, I've like I, so burned out. Marvel's by them. Marvel's empire has gotten so big. Deadpool was yeah. the best thing they've done so to good. revive it. Totally. Well, and that was a Fox film. Yeah. Ironically. Um, I mean, although that broke all kinds of box office records and then broke all kinds of video records. Like Bizarrely. Was yeah. Bizarrely. They, <laughs> they gave it a $50 million budget. Didn't want to make it. You know, like Ryan Reynolds had to like do everything in his power to get it made. He had to like basically carry that film to the finish line. And, you know, it's like a music video director or commercial director who directed it did a great job. You know, he actually the female lead was actually age appropriate and wasn't like 15 years younger than him, which would have been the case in almost any other movie, which was amazing. Like it worked. It was funny. It was brash. It was R rated to the core. Um, Yeah. Well, and it was so irreverent. And it was so self-aware and it amazes me that that made as much money as it did. Yeah, I think that I and I almost have to think that part of it was sort of a response to the fact that the rest of like the DC films, but especially the Marvel films, the prop, the Marvel proper films, the Marvel Cinema Universe Mm -hmm. films. They are not. I mean, there was a little bit in the first two Iron Man films where there was some irreverence and and, and some self awareness, you know. Um, but that's even gone away. And, and right. And then Guardians was the closest they got after right. that. And then that was, but but again, you know, that just but that was almost more silly and and just fun and like a like that was. Well, more we're of a all bored. Film. We're all bored as hell with exactly the major superheroes. We are well, and that's why they're making things like Civil War and the huge like x-men origin stories yeah we're like we're done with we're done with single spider-man movies and single 
uh, Iron Man movies. They've well, been because, played out. Yeah, totally. Well, they're they're played out, and it's also at a point, like especially when you talk about Spider Man, it's like how many more times can we see Spider Man? Like, if, if we see one more <laughs> Spider Man origin story, you know what I mean? Oh, DC. It, totally. Well, um, he's Marvel. Um, Is he? Uh, yeah. Oh, Marvel. now I'm an idiot. Yeah. Um, so you know, there's 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 the Sam Raimi series, then there was the the reboot, and then you know they have him. He's in Civil War, but they I promise that they're not doing an origin story again. And it's like, thank God, because if I have to see how Peter Parker became Spider Man one more time, <laughs> like it, it, the fact that it happened twice in less than a decade was bad enough, right? But like the fact that like you know what I mean. But like the fact that but the fact that we've had three different Spider three different actors play Spider Man in under fifteen years is insanity. The first Tobey Maguire Spider Man movie though, so good. It changed my mind about superhero movies. It the paved the way for this whole era. Oh, it completely did. Sam Raimi totally paved the way for it. And I would actually argue the second one even more than the first because the first one was great and it was certainly very like, like, like it had like the, 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 the smart ass kind of like comedy, you know, mm-hmm. kind of like thing of Spider-Man. And then and you had great the, action, great action. And then the second one, I think the action was even better, but it had heart and it had drama. And if you to me, the second film was the one of the first superhero films in many, many years that it, if you stripped away all the superhero elements out of it and just like focused on like the core kind of drama and the story, it would have been a really good movie. Like I think my mom saw that movie like she saw it t- two or three times in the theater. <laughs> my mom is not as a superhero fan, but she saw Spider-Man 2 multiple times in the theater because she just was so into it. But I don't think Spider-Man 2 could have been the success it was without Spider-Man 1. Oh, I agree with you. I'm, I'm, I'm in total agreement. I just feel like it I was- think Spider-Man 1 paved the way. And all of a sudden, people are like, "Whoa, let's have a lot more action hero movies." No, no, you're dead or superhero on. Superhero movies, I mean. No, you're dead on. But uh, but but I feel like what happened with two, where they actually made it a good movie and didn't focus so much on it having to be just a superhero film. Like I feel like that was the thing that set up what you could then do with the Dark Knight films. You know, with Batman Begins and, and Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises, and and you know, it also kind of started what was a trend for a while, where the second, where the follow up film is often better than the first. That's stopped. I have to say, um, we've gone back now. The first one is usually the best, but there was a period of time where you could say that the sequel was often the better, especially in a trilogy, was often the better film. Like, you know, and I think that, like Batman begins, you know, Dark Knight. Dark Knight is is the best of the three, right? Yeah. Uh, and, and I think Dark Knight Rises was great too. I think all three of them were great, but but Dark Knight is the best of the three, and it's again not it's way better than Spider Man Two, but it, but I feel like Spider Man Two kind of set the way where you could kind of create these you know, bigger stories that, again, if you were to take all the superhero elements out of it, it would still be a compelling film to watch. But you're, de- you're dead on that without the original Spider-Man, none of this could have happened. And that was also, the Spider-Man films were so important because they were such a big reboot of superheroes in general because it's hard to imagine now when literally our summer is filled with superhero <laughs> films and we can't get away from them. And there's a, there's a major Marvel film every single summer. You know, we cannot escape it. But there... Um, was a time, you know, post, you know, the first Batman, you know, um, 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 quadrangle or whatever the hell, however the quadrilogy, what I, I, I don't know how, what you would call that. Um, uh, the, the first four Batman films, which, you know, ended up just sputtering out so fantastically is that people were afraid of doing superhero films again. And, and it's <laughs> Spider-Man 
to to prove them wrong. That became such a huge box office success. X Men a little bit too. Got to give a little bit of credit to X Men. X Men, which was a year before or, or two years before, I guess actually, um, did really well. But um, but it didn't pave the way the way that no. like the Dark Knight series opened up. Like people were, it was a new story or it was yeah. a new take. It was a new take on a story you knew. Yeah, and, and I think um, what we can also credit Spider-Man with is the fact that it got really, really talented actors and directors involved in superhero films, which you hadn't seen before. You know, Tim Burton was respected going into Batman, but his work has become more respected since then. You know, Batman was 1989. He was still early in his career. Right, um, well, like, and like, his versions were so, like, they were so Adam West. You know, it, it was well, already played out before it started. Kind of. I mean, I think that Bat, the original Tim Burton's original Batman, I think is a great movie. Um, and and, and it's, it's a good movie. I think it's a great movie. I love that movie. But but it's it's. <laughs> I think Batman Returns did not work at all. I think Batman um, uh, uh, Forever was not good. I think Batman and Robin was abysmal. Uh, <laughs> but 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 I think that the original Batman was was good. Was it more campy and more comic booky in that style? Absolutely. You know, the, the mobsters were all very much caricatures. Well, and that's so. what was so great about Christian Bale. I agree. Was I it, agree. There was it, no it comedy to it. No, totally. But but I but but I, I I to go back to Spider Man, I feel like you wouldn't have had this thing where you had these really acclaimed directors like the Sam Raimi's of the world. You know, Tobey Maguire, who you know had done very good work, who'd been Oscar nominated at that point. You know, doing these sorts of roles. Um, you know, getting um uh really really good actors on board for your superhero films was not something that was happening especially i mean clooney could have killed his career by being you know in, in batman and robin and and because he's george clooney and because he was self-effacing enough about it and and took responsibility when it was not his fault it was joel schumacher's fault um he was okay but i think that there were a lot of actors who just wouldn't have gone towards those films for part of the reason that they would think oh well this is just going to be a cheesy i mean you even see this with the first x men casting where it was had some good actors but like it wasn't great art so you have like people like christian the christian males of the world who it's it's hard to think about you know i mean he's he's such a good actor him being cast in it but even even somebody like robert downey junior you know being cast you know in iron man like they're you know, you, like you look at the cast of these films and they are not getting bad actors. They're getting like right. really well, good actors. And, and, and what's really crazy, actors. what's crazy is that the roles are defining roles for actors that had excellent careers before they totally. did, especially like Wolverine and Iron Man. Like those actors are now defined by those roles because they work so well. Yeah. I, I mean, no, Les Mis couldn't change. What's his name? Hugh Jackman. Yeah, it, it, like Les Mis is oh, just Russell an Crow. afterthought for yeah, Wolverine. Totally. Oh, completely. He's Hugh, Hugh Jack Exactly. He's Wolverine. I mean, well, and that's an interesting thing too. You know, is that is that? Yeah, you, you see them as kind of these defining roles, but they also most of the films have been done well enough that those actors don't become pigeonholed in those parts. So you can still see Christian Bale in other films. In American Psycho and He's, The Machinist and in in yeah. in and um you know um American Hustle in The Fighter. You know, um, he's such a good actor in, in everything he does. You can still see him in those roles. What's the new movie? Like, I'm sorry. Go I on. just I got distracted. What's the new movie from the guy who made American Hustle? Oh, uh, the, the Joy. Yeah. Um, which I heard mixed things about. I haven't seen it. You know, I haven't either. Um, you know, J Law was nominated for an Oscar for it, but I think that's just because most people said she was. It was probably one of those scenarios where. You know, she was nominated for an Oscar because she's Jennifer Lawrence. And how did she get the J Law nickname and not Jude Law? 
Um, because I think the Jude Law came to prominence before J Lo became a thing. <laughs> there you go. Okay. So, so because Talented Mr. Ripley, that was what two thousand. He was a little bit earlier than that. J Lo as fucking a, millennials a was like two thousand. Totally. Um. <laughs> so, 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 J Law. You know, and and who knows? She might have even called herself that. But yeah, I also I think Jude Law. He's just he's Jude Law. Right. I love Jude Law. It, well, and it's it's already two syllables. So why it is? Would so, you? so so why so why so <laughs> why exactly? I I I love him. Um, Me too. What was the one he did where he was like the gay prison? It was a comedy. It was a long name. I love you something or something like that. Oh, um. I can't remember who his co-star was. It was brilliant, love, though. I love you not? No. It had, a re- it had a person's name in it, like a full name. I'm looking through his whole thing. It wasn't I Heart Huckabees. No, um, it was shortly after I Heart Huckabees, though. Uh, Lemony Snicket's A Series of Unfortunate Events. No, no, no. no. I, Because I, I, I've never seen the movie you're talking about, so I don't know. I, uh, I will find it. Okay. Love, Honor, and Obey, no, because you said no. it had a name in it. Um, Jump to actor. Let's see. Rise of the Guardian. I'm like literally looking at his Wikipedia entry right now, and I'm not seeing it. I'm not seeing it either. Did I mix up actors? That happens to me you a might, lot. You might have. You might have. Um, oh, I know what you're talking about. You're, you were thinking of a different actor. Yeah, you were talking about the movie starring Jim Carrey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, um, and uh, what's his face? Uh, uh, Greg Kinnear. Was it? Yes, it was Greg How Kinnear. did I put... You, you uh, put Greg Kinnear. I, I, yeah, Greg Kinnear. And, I amaze and, myself with the way I can do that. Yep, and 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 so um and and that was and um, put and put Spider Man into DC. Yeah, I know. Um, and but but the um, or maybe it wasn't Philip, Greg Philip Kinnear. Hoffman. No, I, I love you. I lo- I love you, Philip Morris. And it wasn't Greg Philip, Kinnear. Yeah. It was it was it was uh it was Joaquin Phoenix. I think. Hold on, okay, let me, that's starting to make sense. I could more easily mix those two up in my head. Yeah, and it was it was um. Ewan McGregor, no, and that's why you can. That's it. it. Yes. So yes. We were okay. Ewan McGregor and Jim Carrey. I I'm love not crazy Chris. completely. And, and that's actually based on a real story, which is freaking weird. Yeah, that's actually a, a funny film. I, I liked that. it a lot. I like that film a lot too. Did you know I do this with like my own memories? I superimpose like people into other memories, and then get myself in trouble. I'm like, remember that time that we, and then it wasn't them. <laughs> wasn't them people are yeah. often very offended by, by being superimposed into other people's memories well i mean you know it, it depends on, on what happened like if you have a memory where like the two of us like you know like had a really crazy weekend like on a on, on a cruise ship i'd be down but if it was just like something like bad like where like we robbed a liquor store i might be more upset i don't know that would be yeah i guess that would be weird yeah it would be weird i mean i'm not gonna yeah because i just i i yeah i'd be like really like I could see, like, I would be the sort of person who, like, I'd be in the car when everybody else robs the liquor store, and then I'm like, what the hell, you guys? And then, like, it becomes an accomplice because I'm not going to rat out my friends. So when I was in high school, we – have you ever heard of uh, See You at the Flagpole? Yeah. This, like, all the church kids get together, and they hold yeah. hands around the flagpole, and they pray totally. for the school? Totally. It's, it's, it's the whole, like, fellowship of Christian athletes thing, isn't it? Right. It's it's, it's a youth group thing, but um, we – uh. The night before that, we decided to replace the American flag with a Jolly Rogers, like pirate skull and crossbones flag. And 
we went there at I think 4 a.m. and we hoisted it and uh, and then cut the rope so that it would require a fire truck to get it down. And I was the guy who sat in the car with the police scanner. Listening. Yeah, and like played lookout for the whole thing because uh, I was nervous. I was part of the youth group at that point in my life. I was fully in support of the action that we were taking, but um, but yeah, I was the. But you didn't. But you didn't want to be the person who like got caught. Well, I guess what I really wanted was to be the guy who made sure that we didn't. That we get didn't caught. get caught. Well, it was just such a Brett thing to do because you, you're such a logistics guy. I uh, yeah, I had a whole hacked police scanner for that. Of course you did. Of course you did. And that's insane. <laughs> so you have the whole thing now. Now, did you guys get caught? No. No. Did they know that it was you? No. Like, and we didn't tell anything. anybody. You didn't tell anybody, so it was just well, like... Of course, there were four cop cars and a fire truck there the next morning because well, they thought it was a Satanist uprising of some kind. And it was really just the stoners. <laughs> More or less, yeah. It was just like you and like five of your stoner friends who like four. listened to, to punk. Four. You and, five you and four, total. You, you, okay, okay. You and four of your stoner friends who like to listen to punk... And, and and probably like 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 metal and like industrial. You uh, just nailed cigarettes. it. Smoked cigarettes uh, in the smoking area at school. Uh, maybe had black fingernails. Wore you know leather. No jackets. black fingernails. No black fingernails. We weren't the jackets. goths, but we did. Some of us you, did really enjoy industrials. So. Right, totally. You loved industrial, and and you weren't the goths, but you would like say what's up to the goths if you had to. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I mean? Well, like, because you, were, you know we were both getting beat up by you were the both jocks. Getting beat up so. By the jocks, exactly. So you were not the goths because you didn't have eyeliner, but you were you know had they, some in high school they called us the boots. Boots, yeah, because you have big combat boots, right? A lot of us had combat boots, and so it was Jackson boots. That was those were the two, two big. It was like Sochian greaser, but it was Jackson right. boots. Yeah. So anyway, I can't believe we're at an hour already. I can't either. We should this do this more just, often than every we do once this more a month. Often, this is great. This is this is one of our best shows we've had in a really long time. Actually, the one movie I wanted to know if you've seen is Keanu. I have not. I have not either because my wife's been out of town and she's dying to see it. So I waited for her. She just got back today. I'm hoping to go see it very soon. But it's the it's the guys from Key and Peele. It's Key and Peele. Nice. And the movie looks absolutely hilarious. The reviews have been pretty much overwhelmingly good. And yeah, I, am, I I love both of them. I I, I love well, that was honestly Michael. the best sketch show in the it last so decade. Good. Well, the fact that like and it ended when it went out on top, I was so sad when it ended. But at the same time, I was like, you know They're what? They're so smart, though. Totally. That's that. I think we even talked about it on this show. We talked about the fact that like, go out like the Mary Tyler Moore mm-hmm. show. Don't wait to get old. Like, just go out when you're at the right time. Go Parks out like that too. Like Andre and Big Boy, which exactly. they did a really funny sketch about. Um. Yes, they did. Well, because Andre and Big Boy like <laughs> don't talk anymore. Yeah, but these guys do. Like you knew I when they canceled the show or when they They're stopped. Still friends. Right, that they had bigger plans, and and I think Keanu is the next step, and Amy Schumer is back. Fantastic new episode. Uh, so her HBO special had seriously disappointed me. Had it because I liked the um I liked the uncut one, but like the if if you watched that one, I thought that was better. She pulled so many punches, like she had really developed this voice as the like relatable feminist, and then the HBO special just felt like it just pulled punches for the sake of being like completely relatable. But the new, yeah. the latest episode of inside Amy Schumer 
redeems her entirely in my mind. I haven't watched it yet, but I will watch it now as soon as, as soon as we finish this. Actually, um, I'll put that on my. On well, my then Hulu let's watch finish. This. Yeah, let's finish so I can watch. And we'll talk about Keanu after at least we'll one of us Keanu, has seen it. We'll talk about Keanu totally. <laughs> we want to talk about Keanu, and also there's a documentary coming out next week. It'll be in limited release, but I think it'll also be day and date like on on demand services called Wiener about the collapse of Anthony Wiener's mayoral campaign. <laughs> well, they caught it on camera. Let's call it dick pic. Totally. Well, 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 exactly. Because they caught that whole thing on camera. They were like, there were these documentarians who were around to like document, you know, his campaign when he was running for mayor. And then the whole Sidney Leathers thing happened, you know, his second dick controversy in like three years services. And, They've got the whole thing on film. Apparently, nice. there's like a scene of him like running through the back door of a McDonald's trying to get away from her at his like concession speech event because she showed up. And 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 like I I can't wait to see it. That uh, sounds that sounds right fascinating. Now. Like the John Stewart was a fan of Anthony Weiner, and it was yep. funny to watch him deal with that whole thing. I feel yeah. John Stewart handled it really well. Oh, he did. He did. You know, because he really liked his politics. And I think they even knew each other socially. And yeah. like, it was hard for him, but he, he did it really well. What my One of my favorite Anthony Weiner interview, though, was he did one with Lawrence O'Donnell from MSNBC um, after his, it was either before his concession or maybe after he conceded or whatever. And Lawrence asked him, what is wrong with you? Why do you continue to want to be in the public light when all these things have happened? Like, what is wrong with you? And they ended up going and talking for 20 minutes off the air. Like, it was still recording. They put it on the internet, like, after the show ended, where he basically kind of laid into him and it was like, what is with your narcissism that you still think that you can all do all these things and still somehow <laughs> What do you think you are, Donald or, Trump? Totally, totally. <laughs> Except here's the thing. Say what you will about Donald Trump, and you can say a lot of terrible things about Donald Trump. Donald Trump's dick has not been ca- has not been sent to people over Twitter or or Formspring or whatever. Well, like, he doesn't have times. a macro lens. Well, <laughs> that's good. That's good. Trump burn. But, but, Trump burn. But but seriously, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he yes. doesn't have like there's there there's there's impropriety that that a lot of politicians and a lot of people in general like let's not just listen limited politicians like um yeah but trump would get away with it um trump Trump could do that and continue his campaign he might be able to he might not i don't know i i I think that the problem obviously if you're anthony weiner or somebody who's ever you know what trump would probably get away with it he's not running on the thing that he's morally better than anyone else that's very true i mean he can say how bad he wants to bang his daughter Right. But he's not <laughs> pretending to be the moral elite. That's not his position at all. Which and, is part and, of why and, and, the Republicans it, hate him so much. Totally, because he's not that guy. He totally kind of, in fact, loves the fact that he's Satan um, and, and, and that his morals are, are pretty Not Satan, the Antichrist. The Antichrist. And so, whereas Anthony Weiner, even though obviously he was a Democrat, but he's had kind of this whole philosophy before both dick pic scandals of being like rooting for the for for, for, for the everyman and being better than everyone else. And so you want to – there's a little bit of schadenfreude and seeing comeuppance from a guy like that, especially when you get caught the first time and you lie about so badly. And then the second time, and it's even worse. Okay, so just, the thing is I didn't know there were two. Yeah. So when does this documentary come out? Uh, the 20th. All right. So that will be in time for us to talk about it next week or yeah. next time. Next time, yeah. And uh, and I definitely want to continue this con- con- conversation because there's apparently a lot I don't know. 
Yeah, no, yeah, because there was there was the 2011 scandal where he accidentally DM'd the dick pic or sent the, the dick pic out on the main Twitter thing. Oh, uh, see, uh, I don't uh, think I knew about. I only knew about okay. the one with the like the underwear shot. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that well, both of them were underwear shots, but there was one where in in the second scandal, the one in in 2013 um, or 2014, whatever, um, where he uh, actually sent there were leaked chats between him and some girl. Yeah, and that's the one I knew about. Oh, that's the one you remember. Okay, well, what had happened was that years earlier, three years earlier in 2011, he'd had a Twitter snafu where he was trying to DM some girl a photo of his penis inside his pants, um, but it was covered, um, and it went out publicly instead. Well, that's a learning moment. Yeah. And And that makes the second one even worse. Well, it does. Well, so he ended up resigning as congressman because of that, because he lied. And then it turned out that like he had these conversations. So he resigns as congressman for that. And he kind of goes into hiding and and, and, and simmers down. And then he comes back and tries to relaunch his political campaign, has this big um, profile in the New York Times, which is trying to make it look like he's really learned and and is really committed to these things, (laughs) has good name recognition, and then smack in the middle of the campaign. The Sydney Leathers girl comes forward and is like, yo, look at all the the, na- the nasty chats he and I used to have together. This would be an amazing story, even if his name wasn't ironically exactly. Wiener. It, ironically Wiener, is, isn't it? <laughs> and so, the, so, so it's the second part, which is – and so that's kind of where this campaign – where this documentary starts, which is – you know, he's had to rebuild his political career because of the shame that had happened earlier. And and it looks like they have momentum and they're doing well. And then, boom, his dick gets him in trouble again. I will say, though, based on what I've seen, he does have a really nice dick. He does. He does. I mean, props to him for that. It is not in any way like <laughs> anything you should be embarrassed by. The problem is, <laughs> the problem is you know, like... There's so many problems with it, but, but, but the idea that you would think after you've been caught doing this once, right? You think, yeah, that's that's absolutely you. unforgivable in my opinion. Well, especially since the girl that he was sexting, she first found him on Facebook and was like, "I support you, and what you did might not have been right, but I really respect everything you stand for and whatnot." And then he reaches out to her <laughs> with like a months pick. later. Well, months later, just kind of as a creeper, and it's like, oh, you're really pretty, and they start, like, having phone sex and, like, text sex and, like, being just really, like, yeah, explicit. I mean, and and she just shared the stuff that she shared, and there was apparently a lot more than that. They never met in person, but there was talks of it, and then it – then the relationship tapered off. And her and his brother reached out to her and was like, "Hey, can you make sure you've deleted all these conversations?" And and we, you know, we don't want anything happening. And then she read the New York Times profile where he was pretending to be Mr. Family Man and Mr. Like Moral Authority again. And she was like, "Um, yo." So I saved screenshots of everything. And then she released it to a <laughs> website. And then she did her media stuff and 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 got a boob job and did porn and became kind of a generally horrible person. But. The fact of the matter is, like, it ended up, you know, ruining his campaign. Where this becomes relevant beyond just New York politics is that his wife, probably estranged, they're still married, and I don't know why, um, is is Hillary Clinton's chief of staff and has been one of Hillary's longtime confidants. And not that that should impact his wife at all, because it's not her fault. You know, she's been a victim in all of this. But it does make it like the one more problem for the Clinton campaign. You know, to have to deal with the fact that, you know, her chief of staff is married to this total idiot who cannot keep it in his pants. Literally literally cannot keep it in his pants. Do you think, okay, uh, Monica Lewinsky did a TED Talk? Yeah, it was good. It was, actually. And 
Do you think if the Clinton blowjob scandal had happened now, that her response... I mean, basically, she went into hiding for a decade. She would not have been vilified nearly the way she was She wouldn't have been vilified, and I think she would have had more opportunity to take advantage of the publicity. Oh, she definitely would have. Instead of going into hiding and then coming back and doing tech talks. Right, right. Well, I mean... The problem was, I mean, she had so much notoriety, but her life was over. Yeah. She's twenty. She's twenty four, twenty five years old. Her life was over. Oh, for sure. She, you know, she she had to had. I mean, and she's written about that in 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 her Vanity Fair article. There was a great documentary that was done by HBO, I think, in two thousand or two thousand one, called Monica in Black and White, where she took questions from students at Columbia University, and that was actually the documentary that changed my mind on the entire Monica Lewinsky thing because I'd taken i guess even growing up in that time like you know being i was like 14 or 15 when the scandal happened like i kind of took you know the the, the typical view which is to to judge her and be like what the hell are you thinking oh, I and absolutely then I, didn't well i was <laughs> i i did but, but 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 by the time i saw that documentary in like 2001 or 2002 monica in black and white my whole position changed because you suddenly realize a at that point i was now older you know i was now like 18 or 19 and um so less judgmental in some ways. And then you start to put yourself in her shoes. If, if you're 24 and you're in the white house and, and you, you have, have the opportunity to go down on the president of the not, United States. Well, not even that, but Who like, wouldn't? You have, but you have this very powerful man. I mean, like honestly, <laughs> like, taken away from it. No, but you have this very powerful man who's paying attention to you and who's making you feel special and who you feel like you have a connection with. And it just so happens that he's the president of the free world. And there's gotta be something compelling and, and charismatic and attractive about that. And she would hardly be the first person who slept with her boss and hardly be the first person who's had an attraction to an older man or hardly the first person who an older man has taken advantage of. And so what happens is you meet a woman who becomes your friend and you confide in her because you've got this really messed up situation happening. You can't tell anybody else. You can't tell your, your girlfriends from college. You can't tell your parents. You can't talk about this guy you're kind of dating, you know, blowing, whatever, who's giving you books of poetry and doing other things for you. You can't have any conversations about this. So you talk to someone who you think is your friend and then it turns out she's recording your conversations and she's going to sell them and yeah. she's going to turn your life inside out. And now all of a sudden the narrative becomes you're a homewrecker when in actuality you're the 24 year old and he's the leader of the free world and he's the one who made the decisions he made and and you're being you're at the mall and you're being picked up by FBI and they're asking you all kinds of questions under oath and other things and you call for your mom because that's what you want because that's that's where you are in your mind where you don't know what to do that you call for your mom and then you're having to testify in front of court about very personal things and your life is literally splashed all over the place and the fact that you know like a dress you wore becomes a, a late night joke and you're you're way and your appearance and everything about you is micro-scrutinized and your life is over. And the woman who did this to you, she's a footnote. People don't really remember Linda Tripp. They might remember terrible things about her, but her, she was able to go on and continue her life. Your life is over. The guy who did this to you, it continues to be president. His wife then gets to go on to be a senator and will probably be our next president. They survive. Everyone else, the, the Ken Starr who, who you know, tried the whole thing, the Starr Report, gets notoriety, gets TV shows, gets book deals, gets a million dollars. You don't because your life is over and you are. are but the are, question then, see, the thing is, these days you would totally have a camera phones, oh, totally. <laughs> but B outlets to to monetize that situation where she never did. Well, she but I think two things. I think one, she actually could have monetized. She could have sold out and done the really sleazy tell all book. I'm not she even talking about being super sleazy. 
I, I agree. But what I'm saying, though, is that I think she made a very conscientious choice to not take the, the multi-million dollar book deals and not take the opportunities because she could have done the whole tabloid thing route. Now, today, though, I think ha- I'll tell you how I think it would have been different, partially because of what happened to her. And I think now we've seen exactly what we did to her as a society, exactly what the media did to her, what the public backlash did to her. We've recognized now that she was actually the victim in this, not him. She was I'm- the victim. I'm and super I, curious to see what happens to her after now that she's out and well, talking she, again. Well, she but she's been done this in drips and drabs and she gets attention for it. You know, she did the Vanity Fair thing and then she did the um, the TED talk and she's, I think, working on something else. But I think that she's in a weird position and that she's so notorious that it literally it would be hard for her, I think, other than writing a book, which, you know, she said everything she kind of could have said, I think, in that HBO documentary, you know, she said a lot of the commentary on stuff. It's hard other than maybe starting some organizations against bullying and against other things to know what she could do at this point. Her notoriety is such that I think that without going into a gross place, she probably wouldn't be able to profit off of it. But I think that if it had happened today, I do think that A, the entire narrative would have been different. She would have immediately been seen as the victim and would have been treated much more carefully by the media and by the public than she is now and would have been able to, you know, go into another sort of career. She tried a career in the 90s, I mean, even doing handbag designers and doing things like that. But anything she tried to do was basically taken so, from her because but, of the name. But her, her very patient long game and now coming out and in an era where people are more likely to recognize the victim may actually could ultimately be more profitable for her in a good way. Like she can now come out as a hero by speaking out about the way things have changed. What, you know, what actually happened to her as a result of this, instead of immediately running to the press and immediately running to, you know, (laughs) being a porn star, Right. She can actually now say, uh, very legitimately say, yes, that she took the higher ground. Oh, of course she can, and 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 and, and I'll be totally honest with you. I think that that was always her thing. I mean, the thing is, is about her upbringing. She grew up in Beverly Hills. She went to Beverly Hills High School. You know, her parents were well off. She was. Uh, I'm sure that's probably how she got her job to begin with at the White House. Sure. She was not a stupid person. This was not a bimbo. This was somebody who got coerced into something that a lot of people could have become coerced into you know she's somebody who was a lot of 24 year old girls could have wound up like her and i think i would have and and i think if you find (laughs) and i think that if you if you think about it from that perspective and that's what's been good about her being public both with you know the, the the things that she's done that narrative becomes a lot more clear but that didn't happen in the scope of of the entire explosion i mean and 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 part of that is because the clintons you know, their PR machine was so good, they had to immediately vilify her and denigrate her because at that point it became about saving his presidency. Yeah. And and so there was a political movement against her that I don't know, even if today, again, I think that she would have been treated very differently, but I also feel like the political stakes would have been every bit as high, probably even higher. That being said, I think if, if this had happened today, I don't think he would have survived the impeachment vote. In In... Right. See, the thing is that Congress is way more uh, contrarian and powerful now. Yes. And if Obama had done this, oh, he would have been gone. Not only, not only you, you factor in the interracial card. Oh yeah. Into I mean, the American it, it, sentiment. 
and 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 the impropriety. Yeah, it, it was such a. I mean, and Bill Clinton, you know, was such a popular president, which Obama has always been a divisive president. Bill mm-hmm. Clinton was incredibly popular, even when he left. He left with I think like record like popularity. Yeah, his okay? approval ratings are still ratings crazy still good. Precisely. His approval ratings were through the roof when he left, and that was after surviving an impeachment hearing, okay? That's despite, you know, being censured by Congress. But despite going through all that, like, he still left with record high approval ratings. So, yes, Obama totally would have and, – and absolutely because he's a black man. But, like, even if he wasn't black, I think if you were a different president who didn't have the charisma that Clinton had, not to mention the makeup of, of Congress at that time – I would have been a different story. But I also feel like just as a culture, our tolerance for that kind of impropriety when you see older powerful figures preying on younger people, that would have been the thing that would have been really, really weighed upon. And I remember people trying to make that a thing in the 90s, but it didn't stick. And instead it just came about this whore, this whore who let him come on her dress. And and she became a punchline. I do still think she would have been a punchline today, but I think a lot of comedians would have had to be a lot more careful about it because it very clearly would have been she was a victim. And instead, probably what would have happened is the narrative would have shifted from being, you know, two complicit figures in an extramarital affair into some sort of, I I guarantee you that a bunch of people would be taking on phrases like, you know, sexual assault or, you know, they they would have been framed in some of those ways of him using his power to assault her. And she would have... The, the victim card would have been much easier to play. And this leads into a whole discussion of Anita Hill and yes. when we're going to see Carrie Washington playing Monica Lewinsky. Yeah, I thought, I thought she was great as <laughs> Anita Hill. Exactly. Oh, who would play Monica Lewinsky? They do need to do a Monica movie. Like that is, it is time for that. And it is time to probably treat it the way they treated the Anita Hill case on the HBO thing. That was really good. Do you know who Jenna Hayes is? I don't. Okay, well, Google that, and I mean, yeah. uh, that that's my vote. I think Jenna Hayes is, is retired as a porn star five years ago. Not that I would be oh, counting days, gotcha. but... Okay, look at her. Okay, so she's a former porn star. She's pretty. She's she way too skinny look. to be the actual Monica Lewinsky, but... Is she a good enough actress? Because we need somebody oh, who's like a good actress. Oh, uh, Sasha Gray. Sasha Gray? She has actually done some some actual film outside of the adult world. But could we have a non-adult? I mean, can we have like oh, a come on. That, we're talking about ratings here. No, we're talking about making an HBO. <laughs> we're talking about getting beyond this. We're talking about ratings. Oh, you want the truth? I do. <laughs> I, want, I, want, I, want, I want to have the Carrie Washington treatment. I want to have the HBO treatment. So, like, let's not have So let's Gray let's just have head. Carrie Washington do it and, and just blackwash. Mm. In white face? Lewinsky story. I think it, it's it's time. I think we've reached it a point in American history think, I mean, where it's time for I, I'm white actually, face. I'm actually completely happy to see Kerry Washington um, <laughs> play Monica Lewinsky. I'd she buy was great it. as Cynthia Hill. I actually haven't watched Confirmation yet. It's really good. All right. Well, we're That's like a, at an hour and a half now. We're an hour and a half. Uh, we can you can cut. We have as much so much to talk week. about. We definitely we need to uh, get back on schedule here. We do because because I I love this. I love I I love I love this. <laughs> we're only halfway through the list we made. We're only halfway through the list we made, and we wound up having great conversation. Great great pod. Yeah, I always forget when we take a month at, between. I forget how Shows. how good we do. I know we're we're excellent. All right. All right. Well, you can find Overtired on Twitter at O-V-R-T-R-D. 
And uh, we're also on iTunes where it's possible to leave uh, glowing reviews. So feel free. Please feel free. And uh, and then Christina can be found on Twitter at film underscore girl. And I am TT Scoff. And this has been episode 60, the diamond anniversary. Diamond anniversary. All right, Brett, go get some sleep. You too, Christina. Bye. The system is going down low.